It's Wednesday, April 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Motley Fool Funds, Bill Mann and Bill Barker. Both the Bills. Thanks for being here, guys. Glad to be here. On the 13th. On the 13th. Thankfully, not Friday the 13th. Nor is it tax day. Nor is it, are, are your taxes done? God, no. You don't even know. I know they aren't done. No, they're not done. Do you do them? Or do you, do you have someone do that? A little bit of both. A little, I don't think that's a little bit of both. I think if you have someone working with you, then you, yeah. you've outsourced that. Or you're doing it wrong. Are you done? I'm done because yeah, you're just sitting around bragging. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm done <laughs> because why you gotta throw that in our faces, Mister? Have you, you started? Know, no. <laughs> See, <laughs> no, I'm a little worried this year. Are you? Yeah. Why is that? Let's just go. Let's, go, let's let's forget the news of the day. Let's go straight into just, Bill Barker's just, tax just owes, situation. Owes some owes some money. Okay, that's, that's all. Nothing nothing nefarious. You know what? Let's get through this because I I'm guessing that whatever happens with your taxes, it's going to take a little bit of time. So let's let's see if we can get you out of the studio and see so you can get on your Were homework. You a quick show for once. <sighs> with the three it's of us, it's not in off the studio, to a good start, is it? With the three of us. In so the what studio, do you got? It's probably not a quick show. We will dip into the full mailbag. We got to start with Cole. Cole is uh, the, the senator, <laughs> not the senator oh, the, from Wisconsin. The Burning Rock. The Burning Rock. Okay. Um, the day in coal is pretty significant because Peabody Energy is the largest coal company in America, and it has filed for bankruptcy. And first quarter revenue for CSX, the railroad operator, came in lower than expected because coal shipments fell thirty-one percent year over year. I'm sensing a theme. I mean, if you're an oil company or someone who invests in oil, is that the solace you take? Well, at least we're not coal. So, <laughs> so this was this was not a hard one to see coming, uh, and I say that because Peabody lost a uh, hundred and ten dollars a share uh, last year, and they don't have like six shares. They've got way more. Yeah. Well, they they had a reverse split, so a fifteen to one reverse split recently. So the shares had gone down, but losing hundred and ten dollars a share when you're a two dollar stock is a bad math equation. And the equation was basically they sold about five billion dollars worth of coal last year, and they lost two billion dollars in the process, which is not something you can Some of keep that's up. Write downs though, like that's not all cash, but it is enough. It's it's I don't want it's to, a grim equation and has been yeah. for a while for coal and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Uh, but if if you're in bankruptcy, at least you can straighten out some of your debts uh, by not paying them. Yeah, for sure. The thing that I don't really the, the the thing that I cannot figure out the thing that doesn't make sense to me, which means I'm probably not thinking about it right, which my wife tells me happens all the time. Um, Coal is basically being replaced by other fuels. You know, utility slates have changed. Natural gas is the natural, the easiest place to go. Natural gas prices are nearly as far down in the dumps as met coal prices. And it is simply something that doesn't make sense to me how that would be the case. Why are shares of CSX? Up around five percent today. I get that from the standpoint of their quarterly profits. They did just fine. They did about as expected. But clearly, the transport of coal is a significant part of their business. That is very much on the decline. Where is the enthusiasm coming from for this business? So coal 
as part, and it's a huge part of the rail you know business is is moving coal, uh, especially for CSX and some other companies. Uh, but that coal was down thirty one percent year over year in uh, volume. So from not a very high number to start with. Yeah, already declining, and I think that CSX. It's certainly not that number, or that number was expected. Uh, coal is not reversing, but the monthly numbers were better than expected. I think uh, Genesee and Wyoming uh, had its monthly numbers out. It's up more than CSX today. So uh, I think that on the whole, uh, rail transport is beginning to show a little bit of life coming back. The stocks have all gotten clobbered as most, most things in the transport uh, sector. Uh, but everything has come back a little bit. And on the whole, although the quarter just passed doesn't look all that good, uh, there are things since the end of the quarter that, that look better. So, at Full Funds, we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about daily movements. But, Bill, try this on for size. The fact mm. that Peabody has gone into, gone into reorganization rather than liquidation perhaps suggests that they may have some uh, additional financial flexibility moving forward, and perhaps that's you know that 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 would have something to do with the uh, because coal is not, although I would not call coal a growth industry. There's going to be many many years in which coal is being moved in large you know in in rail cars around this country. It is simply the case that it's a big part of the slate for utilities. So I kind of wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that that. Peabody is finally attempting to get its financial house at order in a greatly reduced state. I think that the rails are a diversified uh, industry, moving a lot of things other than coal. So, concentrated uh, orders, juice, for example. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we we actually, when we go outside here, we're right by a major uh, rail line, and boy, we see a lot of frozen concentrated orange juice cars yeah. go by uh, us. Which sort of detracts from the atmosphere of a nice spring day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a massive rail but coming I mean, by. Somewhat. So, Cole, I don't know of anything else that probably more any industry that more squarely is going to be affected by the outcome of of this election than coal. And I've said that before, maybe here, uh, but you've got uh, very very different uh, philosophies between the Democrats and Republicans on coal. Just, just the question, coal, one word, good or bad. Yeah, there is a one hundred percent chance that you can predict coal, good or bad. That's your only. You're only allowed to say one of those two words. Democrats will say bad. Republicans will say good. Um, now they don't ever answer things in one word, so it's <laughs> oh, well. You Neither know. do you. Yeah, unfortunately, coal is going away. Blah blah blah. But we're going to help and all that. But really, this is this is an industry which is paying a lot of attention to the election. Yeah. Morgan Housel and I talked about Valiant Pharmaceuticals yesterday. Uh, Bill Mann, you've written recently about uh, one of the stories related to Valiant is is less about Valiant itself and the the fund it took down with it. The one of many, but uh, one in particular is uh, is called the Sequoia Fund, and it's run. Uh, it is run by a, a uh, an asset management firm named uh, Ruane Cuniff and Goldfarb. And Bill Ruane was the the um, patriarch of this firm, and he was one of 
Warren Buffett's best friends from business school. So when Warren Buffett shut down his partnership 45 years ago now, that was his suggestion. If you want someone who invests like me, go to the Sequoia Fund, go to Bill Ruane. So they have a very, very long and august history. But they also uh, had 31% of the um, Sequoia Fund in Valiant Pharmaceuticals. 31%, which is not something that we can even do. It's, we are regulated as a diversified mutual fund. There are also non-diverse mutual funds, of which Sequoia was one. But 31% of in any one name means that not only are you, I mean, you are betting everything on nothing bad happening. Like, you're betting on your analysis being right. You're also betting a lot on chance. And it's kind of a dirty secret about about investing that a lot of it, it does have to do with chance. And and. When I look at a company or I look at a fund that has that much in one name, I get the sense that there was a breakdown in process. And that's what's exactly happened. Like the, you know, the principals of of the firm have resigned, board directors have have resigned. They've come out and said, "Oh, we're going to change how we do things from here on out." It's too late. I mean, it's really really too late. And so the, you know, you have a 45-50 year history of really good investing and it's been destroyed by not even one bad decision, but a process that's probably gotten a little bit sclerotic over time. I bet on the way up, it was <laughs> it was nothing but a party atmosphere as Valiant was on its way to becoming yeah. the largest yeah. Canadian uh, public company. Yeah, and it, I, I'm always curious about what happens behind closed doors. Was there someone in the room saying, "Look, <laughs> they this, were. This is great." But we really need to take some of yeah. this money and put it somewhere yeah. else. They were, and not only did they not take some off the table, but they kept buying. Right? It wasn't like they bought a, an 8% position and then it became a 31% position in the awesome way, which is the way that anyone who ever invests should hope happens. Instead, they were buying all the way up. So not only did they undo by virtue of, you know, of, of not taking some off the table, I I seriously doubt they have a positive return from you know on a on a dollar by dollar basis even on a canadian dollar by dollar basis uh from when they started well the next chapter for valiant is going to be interesting given you know the possibility uh that it's going to have to shed some assets in order to eventually pay down the i think it's got about 30 billion in 30 debt. billion in debt yeah. and uh, the most uh, frequently named solution to that problem is to spin off, to sell off Bausch and Lomb, and which is, you can find a lot of different guesses as to what that might be worth. Uh, certainly, above ten billion, and that would go a long way. I wouldn't say certainly. I mean, on, on a revenue basis, but one of the things that Valiant's Valiant strategy has always been. I mean, this was this was their business strategy: going buy assets like this and then strip out a lot of the R and D and strip out. So yeah, there's a cash flow stream, but I'm not sure that you could call. Bausch and Lomb is is a reasonably. Uh, I mean, they they don't need to have a lot of R and D. Although if you don't have R and D in the contact lens industry and you fall behind, it's a, it's a killer. But yeah. they're yeah. you know the number four player globally, and they're. It's a stable business, cash business. Uh, that is something they can do. That's a trick up their sleeve. Yeah. There are real, plenty of real assets uh, in in Valiant besides Bausch and Lomb, but that's the one that gets mentioned the most frequently. And uh, I think 
Bill Ackman, who's played a lot of um, uh, behind-the-scenes work with this company, is saying that's not something they're going to divest. I don't know if he's got the power yet to make that call, but I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah. At Market Foolery is our Twitter handle. You can hit us up with questions there. I got a question from StuCat31 who asked, "Do you think dividend stocks for a young investor is wise?" Neither, none of us are young investors. But the why, question why is, you got to go there? I'm, I'm just saying. Is it because we're on video today and we can't hide the fact? Um, whereas normally. You know, the listeners could entertain the notion that we're. We need stunt doubles. Do you think that's happening? <laughs> Do you think there are listeners who who have have heard this podcast over the past few years and thought, "Oh yeah, those three guys—they're easily in their 20s. Hope so. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. No. no. The question remains. I mean, uh, if, the if, mysteries are gone now. Yeah. Exactly. But, but um, not that we're advocating anybody watch the video. No. No. Um, but if you are in your 20s or 30s, is is, is, ah. is does that make sense? I'll be honest. I don't really care about dividends. Yeah, I, which is, I mean, there's actually. And you've been investing since your 20s, so I'm assuming, yeah. like, when you were in your 20s, you were like, no. But even yeah, now, I, I, I mean, there's the, the, there is a theory, and we're going to start talking financial theory. So this is fantastic for a podcast. Honey, um, come quick. Yeah, run on in <laughs> the dividend irrelevance theory, which is really what I want from a business is that they do good things with their capital, and if they don't have good things to do with their capital, returning it to shareholders through uh through through buybacks or through dividends is is perfectly legitimate, but. Whether a company pays a dividend or not, for me, is largely not that relevant. I mean, I think it becomes relevant for people as they as they grow older and would like a stream of cash coming back to them uh, in a you know in a fairly tax efficient way. But by good companies, I don't, whether whether they pay pay dividends or or not doesn't matter all that much. Well, I, I think that young invest so young investors should not exclude dividend paying stocks because. There are many great ones, and it is sort of part of a but, yeah. complete, you know, portfolio to have companies that are not all taking all of their money and investing it in growth. Uh, if you do that, if that's your entire portfolio, I hope you're young, yeah. uh, because because <laughs> you're going to visit some places. Yeah, there are some times <laughs> when that's going to go wrong, but that is yeah. how may, many young people might think they are supposed to invest is you know buy some explosive growth things because if they if they explode then you've got 30 40 50 years left to, to make the money back yeah. which is true and it is a reason to take on more risk when you, when you're young but a lot of the great companies out there have been around for 40 50 80 100 years and don't need to take all of their profits and constantly try to grow the business at explosive rates and so Paying a dividend imposes a certain amount of discipline, and it relieves management of some of the pressure of constantly looking for ways to keep the the growth machine going. And and so, if you're only left over, if, if say you're paying out, you've got a payout ratio of I don't know, pick a number, forty percent. Uh, so you're paying out forty percent of your profits every year to shareholders. You've only got to figure out what to do with the other sixty percent. That's easier on management than taking one hundred percent of the profits every year and saying, "How do we keep this high growth equation going?" Yep. So there are a lot of great companies uh, that that pay dividends, and absolutely young investors should be 
looking for not just big, risky bets, but uh, great companies of all stripes. But I think that's one of the things that's changed over the last 15 years or so, is the perception of dividend stocks. I just remember when I first started investing, and I was in my twenties. So you've changed in fifteen years. Yes, the perception. No, I think the perception of dividend stocks was big, stodgy, unimaginative, and almost completely lacking in growth. Yeah. And we've seen plenty of examples over the last decade of companies that are able to establish healthy growth patterns. Have market beating returns, and oh, by the way, they also pay a dividend. Yeah, that's Costco. I mean, what you've described is Costco, and I remember suggesting, uh, I guess, 15 years ago now that Costco was one of the most innovative com- companies in in America, and like they have, you know, they're not, they're not a dot com. They're not doing you know, really <laughs> cool things. They're not from, they're not from Northern California. How could they possibly be innovative? And I do actually. To Bill's point, I do think that having a dividend and having a, a statutory statutory dividend does give companies some discipline. And if you were to ask me if I wanted a slate of dividend-paying stocks versus a slate of mega high-growth stocks, I'd take the dividend stocks every time, every time. Yeah, the best stock over the last it's either forty or fifty years. I don't think it actually matters pretty much what time period you're talking about is Philip Morris um, and. That has been paying dividends all the way. Mm. Uh, I mean, that equation assumes you took the dividends and reinvested it in the stock, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but you know, the the many of the great growth stocks over the last forty or fifty years have paid dividends all the way. And then you need to reinvest the dividends for the maximum you know return on that kind of an investment. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast for more than five years. Not this episode, although for some <laughs> listeners like it. <laughs> it may feel that way. Uh, and from time to time, the topic of alcohol has come up from really? time to time. Every once in a while. I've heard about this alcohol thing. And there's uh, a new study out from the good people at Stanford University that I think is worth considering just for a moment because what is considered to be a healthy consumption of alcohol, as it turns out, according to Stanford University, uh, matters depending on what country you live in. Uh, Bill Barker, you looked into this uh, study. What's sort of at uh, either end of the range in terms of um, alcohol consumption and that is considered healthy by a given country? By looked into the study, you mean I went out drinking or something? Is that what, <laughs> is that what you're implying? You, you read the article more thoroughly than well, I did. Well, I read the headline. Oh, okay. Uh, but but one thing that came away from it was that the in the U.S. Uh, the amount of alcohol that you can have under our uh, the Grand Council issued these uh, rulings some point ago, and it was about twice as much in the U.S. as as in various European countries uh, as the recommended healthy amount to drink. And so I take issue with those politicians, and I can't remember who it was. Who says that we just don't win anymore? Because I think here in the U.S., obviously we do. I mean, we get to drink twice as much as as some of these Europeans, and we're perfectly healthy and be healthy about it. And that, to me, is a victory. America. Although, isn't it? Is it? Is it Chile? Chile. Chile. It, apparently, you can drink almost a full bottle of wine a day and be considered within the healthy limit. So. 
What we need to do is talk to those researchers. Or, or, or move. I was going to say, we might need to pack think, our bags. I don't think you have to move. I mean, the, the science is true wherever. You bring know, bring those scientists from Chile here. And replace Can our- Can I just declare myself to be Chilean? I've got the you know the the new Chilean diet. That's what you need to say when you're almost finished that bottle of wine. You're like, well, this is part of the Chilean diet, and then yeah. you can impress your friends and you know relatives. If you like the paleo diet, you're going to love the Chilean. And diet. then you just you the Saudi like, diet. You, not so much. You just go offensively. Yeah. Like, nobody's healthier than the Chileans, and they you know, and then that's where you start your discussion of why you're having that eighth glass. <laughs> MarketFoolery@fool.com is our email address from Dave Baldridge in Michigan, who writes, "Thank you for the daily education, amusement, and enrichment." Oh, that was a previous day. That was not today. No, not today. Yeah, clearly, Dave. clearly, this was written. Before Dave's not going to hear this answer. <laughs> uh, congrats on hitting 1,000 episodes. That actually comes next week. But thank you in advance, Dave. America's talking about that. I'd like to highlight my personal favorite episode, and that is any episode with Tim Hansen. That guy is the essence of education mixed with amusement. I find him to be hilarious and also very insightful. Please bring him back. I miss Tim Hansen. The Bill Barker and Bill Mann episodes are also great, but seriously, Tim Hansen takes the cake. Here's to another 1,000 episodes. So, according to Dave, you guys, like if this is the Olympics, you meddled. Almost worth mentioning. You that's guys, where we, we, you guys, where we thank you. You're in the, the top three. Thank you for the participation <laughs> ribbon. That was better than the last email that you forwarded regarding this topic and my, my appearance on the show. What was that one? I think that was the one where somebody wrote in and oh. said that they appreciated. But yeah. the, the fictional episode where I do not go off topic. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, it might, yeah. It was. Uh, I'll, I'll have to dig that up. No known episode that yeah. he was describing. Your streak is intact, my friend. Exactly. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Now when the dabbled mashes float down the green river, I let my soul roll on up to the Rochester Dam. I'll be halfway to heaven with paradise waiting, just five miles away from wherever I am. Daddy, won't you take me back to Needlesburg County Down by the Green River where paradise lay Oh, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking Mr. Peabody's court train is all the way Mr. Peabody's court train is all the way Mr. Peabody's cool train is all